हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट थर्टीन फीचर्स ऑफ सेवेंटी थर्ड एंड सेवेंटी फोर्थ कॉन्स्टिट्यूशनल अमेंडमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज ऑब्जर्वेशंस ऑन द सेवेंटी थर्ड अमेंडमेंट एक्ट द सेवेंटी थर्ड अमेंडमेंट एक्ट नाइनटीन नाइनटी टू हैज ओनली जनरल गाइडेंस फॉर द इफेक्टिव and efficient working of panchayat raj institutions in india it has granted the pris constitutional status and some sort of uniformity by making three tier system a permanent feature regularity by making election an imperative after the termination of the pri after every 5 years and provisions of the state election commission to conduct and supervise the election and more financial autonomy with the constitution of the state finance commission to outline its major contributions firstly the most debated problem till recently was giving constitutional recognition to the pris it was often observed by the scholars that the founding fathers of the constitution gave only lip service to democratic decentralization by mentioning it in article 40 of the constitution in the directive principles of the state policy but after the 73rd constitutional amendment act the pris have got constitutional legitimacy indian federalism has moved a step further in that up till now there had been two tiers of governance and henceforth there would be three acknowledged tiers of governance however there is a strong body of opinion that in order to give an air of finality to the scheme a separate list namely the panchayat list could have been included in the 7th schedule which list subjects for legislation into the union the state list and the concurrent list secondly the present amendment does address the issue of uniformity of structure across the country but leaves certain important matters such as size of the panchayat at the level to the discretion of the state government thirdly the pri by and large had failed because of irregular elections and frequent suppression and suspension the chronic problem was rightly been taken care of by the recent amendment however not all states have been dutiful in complying with the provisions court intervention has been necessary as for example in case of orissa and uttar pradesh to secure compliance 
courts also had to intervene to ensure compliance with the reservation clause in Punjab and Uttar Pradesh. Fourthly, the Gram Sabha is an institution which provides an opportunity to participate meaningfully in governance to all the people willing, capable of participating in the development process. The 73rd Constitutional Amendment makes the establishment of the Gram Sabha mandatory. It, however, leaves it to the state government to spell out its jurisdictions and powers. Most state legislations assigned to Gram Sabha a ceremonial tokenistic role, for example, endorsing proposals, making recommendations, considering annual accounts, reviewing development plans, scrutinizing completed works. Other functions entrusted to Gram Sabha include those like promoting harmony and unity in the village, mobilizing voluntary labor and contributions in cash or kind, rendering assistance in implementation of development schemes, and promoting programs for adult education and family welfare. Moreover, skepticism has been expressed regarding the direct election for the village panchayat, as arguably it would make him a first among equals. Relegation other participants to a less significant position, besides the presence of MPs and MLAs in local bodies might overwhelm local leaders. Fifthly, yet another problem relating to the functioning of the local bodies has been the love-hate relationship between the local level bureaucracies and the elected representatives of the PRIs. Due to the lack of defined roles for the two, both have had a contentious working relationship rather than displaying the required harmony. This has been one of the practical and the more important reasons for the failure of PRIs. The cooperation of the bureaucracy would be vital in working out the details of devolution of powers and functions as stipulated by the Act in each case, for instance. If such cooperation were not forthcoming, implementation of programs and policy would run into road blocks, making the ideal of the local self-governance more achimere. If the bureaucracy continues to be unenthusiastic about local self-governance as it has been in the past for rationally of its own, 
more initiative for empowerment of local self-governance and the ideal of participatory democracy itself would be lost. Hence, the chief but unrecognized player in the venture is a bureaucracy. Much would depend on the way it perceives this change and watches or otherwise for it. It would help to inquire into the rationale for which local government has been considered unfit to shoulder the responsibilities for development on the part of the responsible administrators and redeeming the same. Cooperation and commitment, the part of the bureaucracy, would be crucial in bringing about the desired state of affairs with respect to local governance and administration. Significantly, devolution is an executive process, which means that the statutory provisions need detailing in terms of administrative rules and procedures procurement rules, reporting structures, compensation schemes, accounting scheme, etc., without which the statutory provision is a mere skeleton framework without much substance to it. This is necessary if the 11th and 12th schedules are not to get reduced to being mere shopping lists. And finally, other problems related to PRI during the last three decades have been the status of panchayat samitis and jila parishads, the inadequacy of finances and lack of involvement of PRI in rural development planning. The inadequacy of finances and lack of involvement of PRI in rural development planning. The amendment had tried to take care of all of these problems by bringing them into the state of book. However, certain problems have persisted. There has been a general reluctance to concede the political space to the underprivileged in panchayats. As aforesaid, Punjab and Uttar Pradesh reportedly have not been dutiful in implanting the reservation provision of the Act. Hence, could it be claimed with any degree of confidence that the backward sections would be articulate and effective or rather and more realistically, they would get overwhelmed as is feared by the power elite. Would the state bureaucracy affect a change in stance and work in cooperation with the local government? Or would a stint with a panchayat harm the individual career prospects of bureaucrats? Would devolution of powers and functions in fact take place in practice 
as it is stipulated on paper would increase in private and foreign stake in urban development skew the balance against the urban poor in plan priorities these and other would have some of the pertinent questions that would need to be continually monitored by means of empirical research and rectified by policy in this regard on course as per palanthrudhrai and raghupati democratized centralization follows the new public management principle in that the intent is to improve service delivery by invoking demand through institutions like the district planning committee and the gram sabha and adjusting or modifying supply accordingly there is a paradigm shift from macro to ma- micro concerns in planning development paradigm suffered hitherto due to an overemphasis on macro concerns democratic decentralization would counter this tendency of encouraging interest articulation on the part of the underprivileged and the unequally placed at the local level also in view of the expansion of the market and shrinking of the state sector democratic decentralization is a counterfoil the state has attempted by enlarging the arena of choice available to the people by providing for multiple service delivery and self help option as against the monopoly of the state which had created a climate of corruption and inefficiency in this way the state has attempted to discharge its constitutional obligations in the changed dispensation towards the people of the country given the imperatives constraints of globalization liberalization and privatization by institutionalizing people's participation in administration the state has created an alternate service delivery mechanism to the bureaucracy which is set to further shrink in the coming days as liberalization gathers momentum as per chandodurai the timing of 1991 trade and industrial policy reforms coincides roughly with the initiatives for democratic decentralization trade and industrial policy reforms were initiated due to economic crises owing primarily to fiscal management endemic in efficiency corruption and waste on the part of the state bureaucracy 
that had brought things to such a state that nothing short of a paradigm shift was called for a redeem the situation nothing short of a system overhaul in 1991 consequently in the wake of the serious balance of payment crisis the government initiated a broad package of economic reforms which is being followed and furthered even today irrespective of the party in power involving dismantling of the infamous industrial licensing regime deregulation of domestic industry trade liberalization measures opening up of economy to foreign direct investment and financial sector reforms aim of all these measures put together is to cut on the non performing state operators and instead yet yield functional space to the private and the civil society typified by the non government sector in active cooperation with the state agency who in turn would henceforth function more as facilitators and catalysts rather than monopolists this would give the broad framework of reinventing government for the sake of good governance though the idea of local governance reform was conceptualized sometime later consensus emerged soon as the failure of the indian development state in terms of human development and poverty alleviation was ubiquitous the aim therefore was to reconfigure the structure of government though inertia in the old order giving way to the new is expected reform efforts would need to be continued to remove roadblocks whether structural or attitudinal or as and when any is are encountered one indication already is the discretionary provisions the efforts obviously has to be not to ek power centers at the sub national level and secure consensus for democratic decentralization within the givens which give to us the environment of constraints in simonian terms now let us wind up the session and take rest thank you very much for engaging yourself with a self learning podcast